0: Hey everyone, my name Dave Stanley Dow and we're here with Gabriel Simon and we're talking about the book of Numbers and particularly about some grumbling Israelites. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, we've got uh, welcome to City Centre Church podcast episode number two. Yeah, we're live with Gabriel. Yeah, you can stop swearing now. <laughs> <laughs> so get as close as you can to the microphone. Um, yeah, we're just recording in the sanctuary today. So if you hear a siren, that's part of our everyday life as sirens going by in our neighbourhood. And how are you today, Gabriel? I'm
1: great. You know, I'm on this stage every day, well, every Sunday. And, you know, now I'm sitting at a whole different angle and I'm watching at the, uh, this beautiful stained glass yeah. uh, that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> it's it's funny how a different angle can uh, make you see things that you, that you would miss. And I, I guess that's kind of what we try to do with this podcast, you know, uh, uh, make make people look at the Bible in a whole new way.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I was just about to say the word "cool," but apparently, I said "cool" quite a bit <laughs> in the last podcast. So, but I think that's cool myself. So I'm going to have to think of different words, like exclamation point. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just anyway. We're going to be who we are, and today we are talking about the book of Numbers, and I also notice you spelt it N-U-M-E-R-I, numeri, which is that, like, is that Latin or Greek? Or? Yeah, it's
1: kind of the fancy way to, to, to sometimes write the numbers, uh, but good old numbers will also do.
0: What chapter are we in?
1: <laughs> uh, we're in chapter 11, um, and uh, if, if people are wondering about the strange selection of verses, again, we're following the lectionary. Uh, it's the texts Protestants read all over the world uh, throughout the year. And the verses is verse uh, chapter 11, verses 4 to 6, 10 to 16, 24 to 29.
0: Okay, so let me read. Now, I've got the NIV up. I don't know which version you prefer. Which NIV is fine. Anyway? I actually like the NIV. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that is another word we could use. Rabbit hole, <laughs> rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. Apparently, we said the word rabbit hole lots, but anyway, we will not go down that diversion that yeah, pe- uh, uh detour.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, just for our listeners, I'm actually okay with feedback, even negative feedback. So, uh, it, it, but but Dave seems to be a bit touchy, so just go stop <laughs> on me and give me the feedback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very sensitive in these areas. Okay. So, starting with verse 4 to 6 in Numbers chapter 11, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance of their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on the oath to their ancestors? where can i get meat for these people they keep wailing to me give us meat to eat i cannot carry all these people by myself the burden is too heavy for me if this is how you're going to treat me please go ahead and kill me if i have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin the lord said to moses bring me 70 of israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand with you, I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you, so that you will not have, so that you will not have to carry it alone. Yeah, you added the verse
1: there, but no worries. Oh, uh, I, that's did. Actually I did. I did add, to add that verse. Yes, y- yeah. So, uh, I, verse I, twenty-four.
0: I, oh, that was uh, that was my favorite verse so far too. Yeah, twenty-four. So Moses went out and told the people that the Lord had said what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of the elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him and he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again.
1: However, two men uh, whose names were Aldat and Medat had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Aldat and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, uh, Joshua son of Nun, um, who had been uh, Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets.' and that the Lord would put His Spirit on them. And that's our reading for today.
0: Okay. So, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go with this? Let's, let's start with background. Right? Background. So,
1: what's the book of Numbers? The book of Numbers is uh, one of the first five books of the Bible. And the first five books of the Bible... Is known as the Pentateuch
0: mm-hmm. and Pentateuch,
1: Pentateuch. Uh, yeah. And um, oh yeah, it's like Tuuk, the Canadian Tuuk. <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking in Afrikaans. So um, it's basically the books that that tells the story of like Israel's ancient history, how they they came to be the people of God and uh, you know if if you were a were a jewish boy uh, you would have been expected to to memorize the whole first 5 books of the bible that's by age crazy. 12 <laughs> that's just crazy to me i mean so so wow. serious they were about you mm-hmm. know this is the basics you need to know to embrace your jewishness your uh identity mm. as god's people right? right um so they they didn't play
0: around they, you know it really <laughs> helps with context when you when you know that that they have to have this memorized that really just sheds a whole light on things for me anyway because yeah that is so far away from our culture and yeah interesting yeah no
1: it's 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 quite remarkable and impressive So, so so, it tells the story, uh, specifically the book of Numbers tells the story of uh, from Sinai, where uh, God made covenant with his people, and then, you know, the following wilderness journey up unto the, the point where uh, they enter uh, the promised land. Uh, so it deals with quite a difficult process. Uh, uncertain chapter in the history of, of God's people, Israel, um, as God's people. And so they set the task to, to put in writing some of the oral history that they had, um, you know, and, and some of the, the most beautiful Psalms also in the Bible. Uh, by the rivers of Babylon there, we sat down and cried, you know, mm. the bony M hit, Uh, They were all written in the Babylonian exile, and and such is the case with the book of Numbers. Uh, Two two big themes in the book of Numbers. Uh, On the one hand, you know, it's encouragement, like you serve a merciful God, and it's absolutely worth it to stay loyal to him. And, and, and okay. you, can, you can imagine how that rang true for uh, the people living in Babylonia, you, you know, with all the luxuries and, and, and a very impressive culture. And, and that was kind of to them a warning, you know, you need to stay faithful to God. And, uh, you know, to the people who were kind of threatened by the, by the Babylonian culture, it was an encouragement. It's still worth it to stay uh, mm. faithful to God.
0: Interesting, and um, I, I definitely can see parallels to today's um culture and situation that we're in now for sure. Uh, just to back up slightly, why were they in Babylon in the first place? I think I know because they were disobedient to the Lord, basically. Is that a nutshell? To put it in,
1: yeah. Well, that that was how uh the Babylonian exile was framed theologically, hmm. uh, right? Uh, I think uh. Uh, a secular hist- historian would look at it differently. He would just say, "Oh, you you know, it was just a new empire coming, and right. uh, you know, it was their arrangement, and uh, they they took the cream of the crop, the the intellectuals, the, mm. the the educated to Babylonia, and and Jerusalem was was a shadow of its former self. It it had a huge what we call a brain drain." Um, you know, and on both sides, you know, they they they, they were struggling. Uh, Jeremiah, like he was in Jerusalem, uh, but but the stories of Daniel, you know, th- those were uh, the guys in in, in Babylonia, finding mm. their way in a new culture. So it's it's interesting, and uh, you alluded to that. But y- you know, as church, many of us still has a memory, a recollection of when the church was mainstream Mm. and kind of more uh, like honored and privileged, uh, Mm. you know, and included. And uh, many Christians experience, you know, gee, the the, the churches are seen as as harmless side shows. Um,
0: Uh, Well, I mean, in our culture, I mean, where we live here in British Columbia, Vancouver, I mean, the church is almost seen as we are sort of other. Mm. We are other, we are, you know, I mean, we make headlines. Some churches make headlines for bad behavior and they lump us all into that. Yeah. That's, you know, from my Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah. Whereas sometimes, you know, you can get a temperature of things. Uh, every time a, something horrific or ugly or unsavory happens in a church or around a church or a church person, we all they all seem to lump us into that. So, yeah, yeah. So
1: And I think if we if we were to tell Jesus and bemoan uh, our plight and say, Jesus, they say we're we're other uh yeah. I think Jesus would probably laugh and say, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly what you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're also sometimes other for all the wrong reasons, you know. So gotcha. yeah.
0: Okay, so you had you have some questions, and you said you had a curveball. So I'm ready for. Well, I'm not really ready for a curveball yeah. because nobody's ready for a curveball.
1: <laughs> okay, so so let's kick off. And and this passage that we've read today, it starts off with people grumbling and mm-hmm. moaning, and and you know um, they really go into details. I, I know I'm like this. You know, when I'm very stressed out, it's like I, I get into particulars. Mm, And if you listen to to them bemoaning the menu basically, uh, you know, what they have to eat. Uh, Funny enough, it's a thing people love to moan about is food to this day, huh. but they go into details. You know, they go on and say the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onion, and the garlic, <laughs> right? They, they don't just stick with the meat. <laughs> uh, y- y- you know, th- these are a dr- disgruntled lot. It's the entire um, garden. And, and, and to me, a key to unlock this whole passage is, is like to look at it through the lens of how do various people respond to a reality in this, uh, in, mm. in this section? So, so the Israelites uh, experience a scarcity, a longing for a better uh, nourishment, food, um, and, and, and they respond to that in a specific way. Uh, Moses, uh, in turn, he, he responds to them, you know, complaining. Um, and he's a leader. So uh, how does leaders uh, respond? And, and then we'll also get to the other leaders and, uh, uh, you know, their reaction to, to things that are happening. But my curveball is this. Um, mm. You're an artist. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw the same thing with ministers that I saw with many artists. It's not easy to get critique on your work Mm. your work is deeply personal it's 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 kind of in your mind the best of yourself that you put forward Uh. how do you deal with
0: negative feedback Mm. Um, (laughs) well that's you know uh, uh, something that i could go on about quite a lot but i think i'm more of a rare artist than some in that I have my work critiqued constantly for years and years so I've built up uh, a thick skin with it mm. and I can also see like I've had critiques where I thought I think that guy's having a bad day because I like this what I've done here yeah and but also I can I I can go I, I I can take it and go, yeah, he's right. I, can, I need to improve here. So I might, uh, someone who has not had that sort of experience, see, I've been to Nashville, okay? Mm. Nashville is the cream of the crop of, if you want to be a musician, along with LA and New York, but if you want to be a musician or a songwriter or a singer, if you think you're good, you go to Nashville and you'll find out that maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah, yeah. So I've been through that. Like the first time I went to Nashville, 2012, something like that. I came home, and I was a shell of a <laughs> <laughs> I was a shell of a you man. Just felt like giving I, up. I could <laughs> not. I, I, I could not write anymore. Hmm. Uh, I had a friend say to me, he was my producer, who he loves me, and he said, "Dave, you've forgotten how awesome you are." Mm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was just a mess. But you know what? I went through it. I continued getting critiques. And so I think I'm a little different in that respect. I, so now I'm in the position of critiquing artists. Mm. So I'm on, the shoe is on the other foot now. And uh, you have to be. I have to be tough, but I still have to encourage them. So it's an interesting spot to be in. So yeah. that is a long answer to your question. Yeah.
1: So, so I, I think that brings us to the to the first point because you know what what I hear from you is you have normalized mm. getting critique. Yeah, you you know you kind of accepted, embraced it as part of being an artist. It's, it's part to, of growing. Yeah, and pro- part of growing, and uh, that comes through maturity. I think. Uh, and, and that would be a, a lesson if, if you if you look at Moses' leadership journey, you know, mm. one common refrain is, and the people came and they were disgruntled and they complained. Mm. And they, uh, verse 10 even says, like, uh, every family w- were wailing <laughs> at the entrance of their tent, oh, you know. Oh, just
0: looks... And,
1: and I just want to, to hold my head and just run away it even when like, I read that.
0: <laughs> it sounds like comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like comedy to me.
1: Yeah. So, uh, in, in, in in the Israelite culture, uh, you know, uh, they, they had a, a thing they called lament, and, right. and we, we know what that means, but I don't think we... We, we know how they understood that, yeah. y- you know, to, to express what you're feeling, yeah. uh, you know, was just part of, of being normal. <sighs> um, you know, I've, I've experienced some of that in black African cultures, uh, you know, compared to Western cultures, uh, the funerals is a whole different ball game in, in, in black African cultures. Uh they would be very expressive in mourning. They would wail. They would would lie prostrate on the on the on the floor. Uh, you, you know, they they would just be very expressive. Right. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the the funerals yeah. I did in Western churches, they they they're very subdued, and and you know, people would perhaps cry, and and you know, but it would be compared to to the other culture very yeah. subdued. Yeah,
0: I mean, we couldn't. A funeral. I've never seen anybody lie on the ground and, and, and stamp their feet. At a, yeah. One of our funerals. Or it just it's not. Uh, yeah, um, it's not done. it's just. And
1: and the funny thing is, you know, I I worked in both cultures, and and what I saw was that, uh, yes, you know, the, the the one culture express much more, but that culture would be the one that kind of get over something mm. better uh, yeah, okay. you, you know it's it's like they are able to move on right whereas uh, i i experienced many uh white cultures and, and western cultures uh people get stuck in the mm. mourning process and and they would actually need help and often that help would consist of giving them permission to cry, to mourn, <laughs> to mourn. Uh, yeah. y- you know, so so I think if if we read all this and and think it's it's a tattoo, dramatic. Um, you know, uh, we have to understand that about that culture, and and maybe. Our culture is the one to point the finger at. <laughs> maybe we're not expressive enough, maybe we create not enough spaces yeah. for people to just like wail and bemoan yeah. and, and all
0: that. Good, good point. Good point. Yeah, and I mean, um,
1: yeah, I'm I'm passing forty now, so I'm also now at the age where I kind of mentor uh, younger leaders, and you know, I I often see this in them that you know as soon as they get criticized, they think, oh, I'm, I'm not up for uh, this anymore. I feel like quitting. And, you you know, I always respond by saying, listen, uh, the fact that you get criticized probably means you're doing what a leader should do.
0: Right, <laughs>
1: you're it's... taking people with you on a journey, and uh, part of that consists of them being disgruntled, uh, consists of them uh, being unsure, and and uh, you know it's just part
0: of the game. Embrace that. Right. I've always heard the saying: if you put your head above the ground, uh, if you put your head above the crowd, you're going to catch a tomato. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's ever sure. so true.
1: Okay, uh, uh, one could also point out that, you know, um, these Israelites, you know, it's like they, they lose perspective. And, and the author alludes to the fact that they are a, a bit in the wrong because he says, like, God were ang- God mm. was angered by, uh, by their reaction. You, you know, um, I mean, the manna was his miraculous provision. It was exactly what they needed. It was enough and it was understood to be a, a transitionary diet, right? Uh, sure. But I'm... they could not stomach it anymore.
0: I know. I just, <laughs> When I read it, I... I mean, from where my perspective, I come, what oh, a bunch of ungrateful people they are. There's yeah. Food raining down from heaven. I mean, how cool is that? But obviously, I'm not in their shoes. <laughs> yeah. And
1: uh, it's wonderful to, 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 to realize that and, and see that God was angered. But, but you know, we, we haven't read those verses, but God also listened. Mm. And God indeed True. supplied meat for them. You know, so that's another thing to be said. Um, Okay, but then we can move to Moses' reaction. And uh, I I tell you two things I really like about how Moses responds to the people wailing, complaining, being unthankful. Uh, The first thing is, like, he's also very authentic. Mm. (laughs) You know, um, to to, to say to God... uh, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done? Um, Did I conceive these people? (laughs) Did I give them birth? You know, it it, it almost sounds accusatory. Um, But, you know, it's said elsewhere that Moses spoke to God as a man would to his friend.
0: You know? it, it almost seems childish, too. Like, did I conceive all these people? It's like a kid saying, I didn't ask to be born, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, the, the value of that lies in, in, in the fact that he was being real with God. And uh, hmm. that's what I always try to teach people about prayer. Uh, th- 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 the, the only prayer I think God dislikes is an inauthentic one. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one players. where you try to, 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 to use the good words of somebody else. I think the, the best prayers, uh, the, one that, the ones that usually us, inspire us, are uh, the prayers prayed by children. And why is that? Because it's so authentic. They just say how they feel and, and how they see things.
0: You know, I've totally been <laughs> in that spot in my own life. Like when I was at the lowest of my lows in, in alcoholism, you know, I um, I didn't know any Bible verses. I didn't know any prayers or fancy things. And all I could come up with was, God help me. Yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. Cause, and, that, and that, you know, from the day that I uttered that prayer... This doesn't happen for everyone, but from the day I uttered that prayer, I haven't had a drink since that time. Yeah. So i
1: um, a, a prayer I often pray when I don't know what to say is, Lord, have mercy on me, a, a sinner, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually a prayer uh, that Jesus pointed out was the kind of prayer he liked uh, more than the elaborate prayer of a, of, of a, uh, a learned person. Um, okay so so the first thing is his authenticity. The second thing I noticed he I said it sounded accusatory but mm. instead of making statements, Moses asks questions and uh, there's a thing they call powerful questions and and you know in, instead of, of making conclusions when you're all disgruntled and confused. Mm apparently if you state what you want to state as a, as a statement, rather uh, as a question, it has this effect on you that your mind keeps working on the solution. Interesting. Uh, you know, uh, a business guru, cynic, uh, he goes into that. Um, but, but it's interesting how Moses asks God questions. Um, and, and I think it could even be a good idea when you're confused, uh, you, you know, write down a bunch of questions that mm. you restle, uh, r- wrestle with. Because, you, you know, um, to, to, to kind of prevent yourself from going to, to need your conclusions and actions, I, I think questions is is a page we can take out of Moses's book. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. Um, sounds good in theory, but when you're boiling anger, it it might be a little tough to... Yeah, pull off. Although uh, habit comes into that too. I mean, if I'm in the habit of journaling every morning, and I'm mad about something, eventually I'm going to start writing about it and asking questions. So yeah, habit comes into it for sure.
1: Yeah, um, and and then Moses, like you know, he, he goes into um, into a request. He, you know, uh, it's it's a powerful thing in any relationship to like say how I feel and what i want <laughs> and it's so difficult because you know um when you're disgruntled you think how can this person not know how i feel right. and isn't it evident yes what i want uh, right. you know what it's not
0: <laughs> you should know yeah you should know what's <laughs> yeah. wrong
1: yeah um so so to to, to to articulate what i feel why i feel like that and what i want Uh, you know, when, when a person receives that from you, it, it empowers him because now immediately he feels, okay, I can actually now do something, or at least I can say, listen, I'm not up for what you want. I I cannot give you what you want. And, and we see Moses doing this with God. He says Mm. like, I cannot carry these people, uh, by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Mm. Um, if this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. <laughs> and I have found favor in your eyes. And, uh, he, you know, he, he goes all out. Um,
0: that so, is going all out. Yeah, kill me. Yeah. Uh, this seems so foreign. Yeah. To me. Um, and, uh, y- you know, you,
1: you see some of the temper of the early um the younger Moses who, who killed an Egyptian when he saw injustice. Mm, right. Uh, but but it's it's directed in the right direction, you know, and it's mm. formulated in question. So I do see some growth in, in Moses as well. Um, nice.
0: Yeah. Interesting point.
1: Okay. And yeah, if you uh, we, we can then move on to, to like how how God responded to Moses. Right, and um, sometimes when when we're in trouble, uh, we we want to know what can I do? You know, what what mm. else can I do? And actually, it's it's almost like God is saying to Moses, uh, "Do do less, not more," <laughs> uh, which is kind of a difficult thing, you know, because to yes. take action uh, makes one, one feel empowered; it right. makes one feel in control. Uh, but sometimes, you know, to just like do nothing. Yes, could I know be that's a very powerful be, thing. That's
0: very difficult indeed. Be still and know that I am God. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and and God kind of agrees with Moses that he cannot carry this alone. And God calls other leaders, and he mm-hmm. gathers those leaders at the tent of meeting. Uh, and you know what you now have is a whole new dynamic. Uh, Shifting in, uh, you know. Whereas previously it was like God spoke to His people through Moses, God now also speaks directly to other leaders. Yeah, uh, and uh, that kind of set the tone for how things was to be done from this point onwards, huh. and even beyond Moses, uh, and even up unto the early church. You have this dynamic of of not a single leader, but a bunch of leaders all seeking God's face and meeting together
0: and uh, discerning His ways. Yeah, wife. it just sounds more powerful. You yeah. Know, 17 or better than, or how many? 70. <laughs> 70 or better than one. Yeah, Um
1: it, it could, of course, also be more difficult because, you know, of whereas course. you had to, yes. li- to, to listen to one person, you now have to listen to, to 70 people and, and figure out uh, which is the way forward. Um, but it's still a, a better way, I think. And, uh, y- you know, there's this saying that, say, if you want to go fast, go alone. Ah. But if you want to go far, go with other leaders um and i know especially when you're young this is like a difficult thing to do because you have the vision you're on fire and you want to push ahead and and you know it feels like people are holding you back but if you do not take people with you you're not going to get far so
0: ah yes an important lesson in my life for sure i know when i'm like a part of the church is celebrate recovery and when we first started i tried to do everything and i after a while, I, I've I've cer- certainly given up on that, but uh, yeah. I can relate trying to do do it all.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I see a time coming where uh, you know it would be the norm uh, the the lone hero, the sage on stage. Uh, you know, is making way for uh, the guide alongside. You know, mm-hmm. where where we all discern and all lead together. Joy,
0: you bring me life. You bring me freedom, you bring me hope, you bring me peace, thank you, Jesus, more of you, less of me. An
1: interesting incident thing is... You know, there's these two guys, Aldat and Medat, yeah. and uh, they do not fit the mold. You know, so the people God spoke to were mainly gathered in the tent of meeting, and these uh, two guys wasn't there. I, I don't know if, if they were supposed to be there, but the spirit takes hold of them, and and they also prophesy. <laughs> and and you know, uh, the the people close to Moses do not like this the young joshua uh, who, who followed uh, moses up as leader uh, you know he, he said to moses make them stop and again moses's response is not what one would expect he says like you know if if the spirit of god is moving if unique circumstances come about look for uh, leaders in 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 other places than the the ones you would expect
0: to find there. Oh, okay, so I have a question. You know, mm. coming from this culture, I mean, I'm not you know, when I turn the corner one day, I, I'm normally not seeing someone prophesying. So, what would it look like, someone prophesying? How? What would they be saying? What would they be doing? You know, are they doing a funny dance? Yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. So
1: there's a, a lot of m- uh, misconception when it comes to the act of prophecy. Uh you know some people think of a prophet as kind of a a predictor of the future with a crystal ball kind mm. of thing going and and that was not what prophets were. Uh, what prophets did was they they kind of said like if if we go in into this direction we are going in now, this is how things are going to end
0: mm. and
1: here's the alternative
0: so it sounds like they're wise. Yeah, they have some sort of wisdom bestowed on them.
1: It's 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 wisdom, it's uh, a sense of what is right before God, a sense of justice. Mm. Uh, you, you know, also towards uh, the, the, the the fringe figures of a society. Um, that that all would entail what it meant to be a prophet. Um, okay, interesting thing. You know, it said like when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they did not do so again. yeah, um and 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 this is kind of also it speaks to me. Um I think some people you know have amazing abilities to lead in unique circumstances. and And you know the the first thing you realise when you when you start to lead is that it's tough. Hmm. and then people withdraw. And you know we we should get habitual about leadership. Uh, we should, we should say to ourselves, like, it's my responsibility to wherever I can, like, you know, give direction and lead. And, and yes, sometimes I also accept guidance and, and stand back. right uh, but, 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 you know, it's, it's not a once-off thing because if you make leading people and mentoring people a habit, you get better and better at it.
0: Well, like um, anything else.
1: Yeah, and, and consistency is ever so important in leadership as well. Um, mm. You know, um, that's what you had in Moses. He was the super consistent leader. He was right. always with the people uh, up to the very end. Um, mm. So I think in, in that uh, sentence of, of some just making it a once-off thing, I think that is like uh, some kind of warning to us to, to kind of – uh, make it a habit. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And, you know, and just listening to reading this and listening to you, it makes me realize like I, I am seen as a leader in some respects, but it also makes me see the holes in my game. (laughs) Yeah. Got to step up the game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Absolutely, uh, one one could always improve as a leader. Ah. Uh, you, you know, and, and you do that by leading, and you do that by having conversations with other leaders.
0: Right, and, uh, and having the perspective when to lead and when to follow.
1: Yeah, as, as yeah. well.
0: Absolutely. So, Dave.
1: In summary, you know, I, I would say uh, my my all time favorite word in the English language is responsibility. Mm. And, and, and in that word, you hear two words, uh, ability to respond. Ah. And, and God has blessed us with a, a, an ability to respond to what he is doing and also to respond to what, what happens that is not according to his will. Uh, unfortunately, we can respond in unhelpful ways. And we can respond also in wise ways. And, and walking with God uh, empowers one to, to respond in a way that makes the bad things better and makes the good
0: things even better. Interesting. I went to uh, a 12-step meeting, and at the end of the meeting, they read something that they don't, I don't normally see read. I know it's part of their literature, but it said, mm. We all recited it together and it said, I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I am responsible. Yeah. Every, and, they, and they say that at the end of every meeting. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's um, I was going to say cool, but it is yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if, if a child does not take responsibility, that's kind of expected and, and right. in some ways cute. Uh, well, when an adult, you, you know, reaches a, a certain age and, and he does not take basic responsibility, that's not funny anymore. Uh, that's kind of tragic. It is. Uh, so, so responsibility and taking responsibility is, is just a trait of a mature human being. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, to, to ask oneself, how do I best respond to what just happened? Uh, or to this or uh, that news uh, it's just something good to do. And um, I think a, a problem we face today is that we have so many stimuli and mm. so many things happening right. that, that to, to effectively be responsible, you kind of have to filter out. Indeed. Uh, some of the stimuli and say, yes. like, I want to take responsibility for uh, this or that, so I expose myself to, to these kinds of people or uh, this kind of course, and I respond to that. And, and because I do that, I don't have energy and time to waste on every new Facebook post, right. media outlet, yes. whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, or information overload. So, um, are we going to get into the questions of the Bible study, or are we kind of near the end of the road? No, I, I want people to attend the Bible study. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think we've,
1: we've covered uh, the okay. basic uh, questions. Um, on, on Sunday, I, I am going to preach about this passage, uh, tell people some more about the book of Numbers. Um, again, if, if you keep in mind what I said at the beginning... Uh, you know, I think people need to hear today that it's so worth it to stay faithful to God. Mm. And I think confident people who, who kind of like everything that's going on and feel empowered by the technology and everything we get to enjoy should also be reminded and warned that, you know, uh, when it comes to the most fundamental things in life, the most pivotally important uh things we need f- to to live well uh, technology is not the answer it it's it's still God right and that's not to say technology is bad or anything but um, cool. and 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 you know that's what what numbers tells us and I think we need to echo this message in
0: our for life. sure I mean a little side note what I also learned it's okay to have temper tantrums too <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's what it seems like. normal. Yeah. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I always had a friend who told the, the story about the pressure cooker. I mean, they have relief valves on them for a reason. Every once in a while, you blow your top, and then you get back to cooking. Correct. Yeah. Oh, and hey, if you like the music, that's me, uh, Dave Stanley Dow, D-A-O-U-S-T. Just Google me, and you'll find me. Thanks for listening. We are... City Centre Church. We are Gabriel Seinman and I'm Dave Stanley Dow and thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, like, share, leave a comment, all all that social media stuff. We appreciate you listening and God bless.